hello. Welcome to the It Is What It Is podcast, powered by the Riot Report. My name is Josh Klein. I am managing editor of said Riot Report, sitting weirdly directly across from me instead of 90 <laughs> degrees to my right is the ringleader of the Roaring Riot, Zach Luttrell. Say hello. Hello, everybody. What's, how's it going today? And Josh, why am I in a different seat than uh, my normal 90 degree angle from you? I think we're all in different seats here because we are recording live and in person at the ESPN 730 The Game podcast studios right at the corner of Moorhead and Church. I am looking at beautiful Bank of America Stadium. That's a great view, by the way. It is really nice. And yeah. I, it was weird that you were looking right into my eyes when you said that it was a great <laughs> view. But I agree with you. It is a terrific view. Uh, so those of you, here. those of you listening, you're getting a little sneak preview. We uh, haven't made any official announcement, although we will. Uh, but you're getting a little inside view of our new partnership with ESPN 7:30 The Game, and part of the deals we get to use their studio over here. So we're stepping it up. We are officially big time. We still don't have a soundboard. Josh was using his his mouth to make that kazoo sound. They don't but, know uh, that. But yeah, we're here. We can see the stadium. We can look at downtown. Beautiful view. Hopefully no cars come through that stoplight that happened like happened to them a, uh, a year ago or so, two years ago. And uh, we'll be good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. We wanted to jump into the podcast studio sans guest. Uh, usually we have somebody exciting and, uh, and, and handsome or, or just better looking than the two of us here to talk. And uh, we, this is going to be the two of us today, building castles in the sky talking about some free agency because the Carolina Panthers, they made, made some, some moves. moves. Whoa, yeah. Jinx. Oh, hey, all right. Buy me a Coke. <laughs> uh, do you want to go forwards or backwards, Zach? Is that a trick question? Oh, or is that does that have some sort of double meaning about <laughs> the Panthers roster? I would suppose you mean backwards as in talking about the players who are no longer with the Panthers. Um, that's actually not what I suppose, but huh. I'm, I'm willing to go with that. Let's let's run them down here. So uh, from a Panthers past roster perspective, you have uh, Andrew Norwell signed to be the the highest paid guard in the NFL which is no surprise no we we've been saying for months that he was going to be the highest paid guard in the NFL and it's not shocking that he actually got there I actually thought that he was going to be end up being one of the highest paid offensive linemen of all time and so I was a little bit surprised that he didn't quite get there was it shocking that he ended up um in Jacksonville instead of New York or was that just a smoke screen the entire time with the Giants play in Gettleman I don't know. They didn't have a ton of cap space. So everybody was saying that they were going to be making moves for him. But I, I just I don't know if they had that money to spend on. It's certainly left guard is not a luxury item. But when you're paying uh, a left guard 13 million dollars a year, maybe it makes a little bit more sense if you are if you have 20 million. No, 20 million is not the right number. If you have <laughs> hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of cap room like the Jags do. Because they keep rolling it over. Right. And that rushing offense is now going to be terrifying. Is that the right word for it? Yeah, they're going to be good. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that we don't have to play them this year. So that's good news. Although swimming pools in Jacksonville, I would play them every year if we could. Do you think that the swimming pools in Jacksonville are the coolest part of any stadium in the entire United States of any sport? Oh, hands down. Really? Yeah. 
for sure. I mean, I'd put the 500 level of Bank of America Stadium <laughs> nowhere near it, but the pools. What about the elevators and the escalators? <laughs> no, the the pools are fantastic. So we could we could do a whole podcast on those memories. Do you think that the pools in the Jacksonville Everbank Field compared to the Ivy at Wrigley Field, which one is better? I'm a Cardinal fan, so definitely the uh, definitely Jacksonville. Jacksonville Pools or the Green Monster? Yeah, the Pools, man. They actually won the award for the best <laughs> VIP experience in all of sports. So, I mean, they have the plaque. It's official. It's the best. Well, since we're uh, since we're talking about away stadiums, let's just jump into our Andrew Norwell lament and um, talk about you went on a little trip last week to the Cleve. Am yeah, I right? Yeah, this is the time of year, um, right? I guess getting over the uh, the end of the playoffs before the schedule comes out here in about a month or so, where we uh, have to do some due diligence trips, maybe check out some cities where we haven't done away game trips before. So this year, uh, Philly was one, which you know, I coupled that over the Super Bowl, so I could uh, kind of knock out two birds with one stone. Sure. And uh, this past week, I went up to Cleveland and Pittsburgh to get prepared for for both of those away game trips. Um, so tell us a little bit about Cleveland. What's, what can we look forward to? Give us like a little sneak preview of what Cleveland is going to be like when the Roaring Riot comes to town. Well, so I always try to push our, our guests towards the AFC, uh, games if they're only going to choose one. And that's because the way the schedule rotates, we only get to play at their homes once every eight years. So if you could hit clips, uh, Cleveland and or Pittsburgh this year, you know, try to try to check out one of those places. But you know, I'm, I'm really excited about Cleveland. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a great trip. Anytime you can go into an away game uh, uh, stadium and lock up 300 lower level tickets, um, I mean, that's certainly an advantage. We got ours right above the Panthers tunnel, too, which will be pretty, nice. pretty fun for everybody. Uh, but just, thought, you know, Cleveland's a pretty underrated city. I mean, there's there's a few different entertainment districts in downtown. Uh, you know, we're eyeing one specifically, and you know, I don't want to give it a, give it away just yet. Is um, it Parma? Is it a what? Parma. Moon over Parma. Ba, 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 da. That's from the Drew Carey yeah, show. Yeah, I don't know that one. That is the theme song to the Drew Carey show. I bet Bill Voth probably knows that. Yeah, or Cleveland Rocks. That's yeah. a, uh, yeah. All right, go ahead. So anyway, <laughs> uh, it's it's just a really good setup. And as long as it's not, you know, the end of uh, November or any time in December, uh, it should be a fantastic trip. But hey, I've got a, f- a fun fact for you. Do you oh. Did you know that the Cleveland Browns actually reduce their their season ticket prices uh by 10 to 20 dollars per ticket if the game is in december no that's that how is, much it sucks there that is a in december very fun fact yeah and it's right on the lake uh you know so there's really no protection there in the winter uh the winds just come whipping through and uh you know I, I think if it's a late game, it'll be the difference between being a 300-person trip, you know, and potentially a uh, six or 700-person trip. So we'll see. Keep your fingers crossed for October. Um, you know, maybe we can uh, pair it with some Cleveland Indians playoff baseball Ooh, too, fun. right? Or, or the, September, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll Lots be doing of good that. Yeah, in it, Cleveland. It, it's going to be a great trip, man. So that's that's the one that I am most excited about. Last year was Detroit, which ended up being a blast. We get to do that again this year. Keep that same format, which the format seemed to be you and I in the casino for twelve hours a day. Yes, yes. Um, 
Cleveland has casino as a casino too. So yeah, great trip. Looking forward to get all that information out, you know, right around the 15th of May. Uh, is when we're going to start pumping all that stuff out on the Roaring Riot website. Why don't they just legalize gambling across the United States? I mean, there are casinos in all these major cities. I'm ready. I'm ready. My body is ready. Yeah, you've you've had some good luck on the road. No, uh, no, that's that's a thousand. That's that might be the least true thing that you've ever said. <laughs> I always constantly am like, "How are you doing? I'm down 300." <laughs> burr, 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 burr. That was the Price is Right song. I'm not sure. Uh, so. So Starla Tulave, yep, is sticking now with gone the players well. we've lost. Another, another, just not a surprise, right? Everybody, everybody was expecting to lose Star. I mean, I think you guys saw it when you're at the combine when his his little brother practically gave it away. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> uh, but yeah, not a, not a surprise that that we lost uh, the Panthers lost Star as well. No, but if we're gonna go forwards yeah. from Star, do you think that the new Three years, $27 million man, Dontari Poe, is a younger, better version of Starlo Thule, because I do. Yeah, absolutely. And and that was a, a surprise signing. Uh, you know, I wasn't expecting the Panthers to make a big splash at DT, uh, you know, especially to improve on that position, improve on a player who could actually potentially add some pass rush in addition to being a run stopper there at the nose tackle uh, for cheaper than what Star got in Buffalo. It does kind of seem too good to be true. Uh, Poe is, to his credit, or to his detriment, I guess, has has some injury issues in his past. So, back, you know, right? always tough with a back when you weigh 335 pounds, right. as I do. Um, it's tough to... But just looking at it on the surface, Star Latule, five years, 50 million. Dontari Poe, three years, 27 million. Poe played on more snaps last year for the Falcons than Latulale did. So I think that when you are going to limit Poe's snaps, which you can bet that they're going to do, they're going to run that same rotation sure. with Poe in that star Latulale spot. And if you can take away 20% of the snaps that he had last year and yeah. just let him just rip, roar, and go... That's exciting to That's think about. That's very right? exciting. I mean, just the core, the the defensive line with the with the re-signing of Peppers, which we're going to get to in a second, and Dontari Poe instead of Starla Thule, and then all of a sudden the defensive line is now again the best part of a very very of a very good defense. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for the. Uh, you, you guys can't see it, but Zach is just like. Lightly bouncing the microphone <laughs> around like he's just the very new excited. digs, man. I'm yeah. trying to get moved in here. Like I want to put my feet up on the table. I'm trying to get comfortable here, and I'm, I'm he not was quite just, with it. That's yet. why I laugh because he just literally <laughs> was like spending the last 45 seconds just trying to get the microphone in the very in the most perfect of spots. You'll see that later on the on the video clip. But yeah, uh, uh, I think uh, I mean on paper that lineup sounds ferocious, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd love for uh, I'd love for some Panther fans to come up with a good nickname for uh, you know Peppers and Addison and Short and Poe. How about um, Dontario? No. Pep. Yeah. Pep Next. Port. No. All right. We'll All right. We'll, we'll leave that for the listeners. Dontario Shepherd. We'll leave that Shepherds. for the listeners to come Shepherds. up with. That's pretty good. Uh, I'm working my best at it, and Dontario Shepherds hashtag it. Let's do it. Um, the defensive line is going to need to be excellent 
because the Panthers have you and me starting at cornerback, right? Yeah, well, I mean, such a such a bit of bad luck there with happening with it really Breland. is. Uh, you know, I, I actually, I think most of the fan base were really pleased with that move and to be able to, uh, you know, acquire a starting caliber corner to line up with Bradbury only to, you know, have the contract voided because of injury. Uh, I mean, that's just, uh, that's bad timing and bad luck on what could have been a really awesome move for the Panthers. Can I ask you something? Because I, I feel like I saw a little bit of um, reaction on Twitter that this is somehow either Breland's fault or even more um, crazy is that a lot of people consider this the Panthers' fault for right. failing him uh, on his physical. Right. Or Marty Herney specifically. Uh, and I just, that doesn't make any sense to me because what they did was they went out and they found a top-tier free agent cornerback who was going to come to the team for a team-friendly deal. And unfortunately... Something happened, an injury, which is out of the Panthers' control. And the fact that they were smart enough to say, you know what, we're going to back out of this. Instead of giving you $8 million a year, we just don't... The Panthers didn't know whether he was going to be ready for camp. And, you know, it's not just a cut foot. We've all cut our foot. Uh, in the Dominican. Uh, yeah. We've all of, done of that. Of course. We've all been on the, in the Dominican Republic and cut our foot on a golf cart. But this this thing was an injury that he had previously had, and it had reopened, and it was going to require a skin graft, and this guy is not going to be ready to go for months. There's a reason why he didn't fail the Panthers' physical and then immediately sign with another team. Right. You see Ryan Grant failed his physical in Washington. He just signed with the Colts yep. because... That's what happens when you fail a dubious physical. This is not a dubious physical fail. He he was messed up. It's going to affect the way that he runs, the way that he jumps, the way that he cuts, and all those things are extremely important for a cornerback, especially one that you're going to bring in as kind of your top free agent signing. I mean, if you're the Panthers, you're not going to make an investment in a player, you know, make an investment in an asset, that kind of money, when you're unsure of, one, their timeline to return, uh, when you are sure that they are going to miss some off-season activities, and you know, and and will they ever be the same? Will they will they be able to plant and cut like you said the same? So for them to walk away again, it's just bad luck, but it's the right move. Yeah. Um. And you know, the unfortunate thing is that that the timing of when that occurred, you know, several other free agents are were already off the market. So here the Panthers are, uh, kind of getting to the midpoint of week two of free agency ish, and uh, you know, they're they're looking to fill that hole. Yeah, I mean, there are still guys out there that they can bring in, but at this point, that cornerback, that second cornerback position is going to be a problem. And it is going to be a hole that needs to be filled maybe throughout the season. I'm not sure that whoever they bring in in free agency, whoever they bring in through the draft, or whether it's Kevon Seymour being the guy that is now starting off of uh, opposite James Bradbury. But I, I just don't, I, I think that, Bad luck, basically the same thing as an injury. So if Breland had torn his ACL during camp, this would they would be in the same exact position except $8 million less money, right? right? So uh, it's $8 million poorer. And I've, I've seen a lot of fans asking, like, you know, why don't they just sign him for less? Or why don't they wait till it heals and, and try to sign him then? And Ooh, I have an answer. That's not quite how that works. Zach, <laughs> let me, let's play it. Let's do a hypothetical. Oh, okay? I like these, yes. All right, I'm going to take you out to lunch, right? Yep. We're mm. going to go out to lunch. 
you and me, we're excited. I'm going to take you out to the nicest lunch you've ever been on in your entire life. Wow. Okay. And then we get to the restaurant and I'm like, uh, you know what? You're not really dressed for it. Have a good one. Ooh. Do you? And then do I three say days, three weeks later, I call you up and I'm like, hey, do you want to go to uh, want to go to lunch, but at a cheaper place because you don't really have the outfit <laughs> to go to that lunch? Oh, uh, no, I don't want to eat lunch with you anymore. Well, you don't want to eat lunch with me just in general. But I, I think that it's just both teams are not going both teams. Both sides of this are not interested in going to be working yeah, with I each mean, other. Yeah, I mean, and you think about from you know Breland's case. I mean, that's kind of the scenario that you were just the the analogy that you were just putting together. But yeah, he just had eight point what nine whatever it was million dollars guaranteed million. taken away from him. I would expect him to have a little little chip on his shoulder, and uh, you know that 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 bridge is or, or, or that ship has sailed. We'll put it that way. Not that the bridge is burned; that ship has sailed, though. So yeah. So let's hope that he doesn't sign with Atlanta or Tampa Bay or New Orleans, because that seems like the kind of thing that would happen <laughs> to the Panthers. Yeah, of course. Is that they? And now every time that he plays against the Panthers, he has two picks. Yeah, four interceptions and uh, all the touchdowns. I think that it's a it's a real shame, and I, I'm not sure that there is an answer to this cornerback question because the the Panthers may have made their whole offseason plan, not their entire offseason plan, but they clearly traded Daryl Worley with the eye that they can upgrade their cornerback position in free agency. Right. And now that is not going to be the case. They could get better because I'm not sure that Daryl Worley was the end-all, be-all at that second cornerback slot, but... In reality, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know how much better that position is going to get if you bring in a guy like Delvin Bro or you bring in a guy like Dominic Rogers Cromarty or even a, even you draft a guy like Josh Jackson. I, I think that who, by the way, is not Pacey from Dawson's Creek. So I <laughs> have made that mistake in the past. Uh, make sure when you're when you're putting up pictures of Joshua Jackson, it is not Pacey. Uh, <laughs> I think that it's just going to be tough. I mean, it's just, it's a, excuse my explicit language here. If you have children listening to it is what it is, turn them away, take the headphones off. It's a shitty situation. Right. So uh, that, that's kind of, that's where we're at from a, from a cornerback standpoint. What about safety? How do you feel about safety? Safety? Yeah. <laughs> safety. Uh, I think that. A lot of people expected the Panthers to kind of make a signing in free agency at safety, and I think they still will. But I don't think that the Panthers were ever... Have the Panthers ever really been a team that goes out and gets somebody like a big name, like they make that big splash? Bashad no. Breland was kind of the big, biggest splash that we're going to make this year. I guess Dontari Poe yeah, is a big a splash. a pretty big splash, yeah. But they... I just... I'm trying to go back through my mind of like, Keyshawn Johnson? Is that the... But what's the point you're trying to make? Because, I, I mean, I would consider both those guys a splash. I mean, we've been hearing rumors that, that they were in the game for uh, Ebron. And, you know, also they kicked the tire uh, with uh, with Honey Badger as well. So it sounds like they're outside of their... You know, any other time I would agree with you and said no. But it feels like they are, uh, you know, they're in the game with, with all these bigger well, name think, guys, even though they didn't land them. I think that's, that's my point though, is that they're in the game with these guys, but what they're not willing to do is go above, go above and, and break the bank for, to pay $16 million to Sammy Watkins, which by the way, I, I just can't, a, first of all, the fact that he got $16 million is crazy. And also the fact that fans are upset that the Panthers didn't overpay for him 
just blows my mind. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Sammy Watkins is a fine wide receiver, is a good wide receiver, but show me how much does he have to do to live up to that $16 million? Well, not only that, but I think part of their disappointment is with the moves that the Panthers have made at wide receivers. So, obviously, the move for, for Smith was controversial when it happened. I mean, I think most fans were, were panicking. Um, you know, and then now the move to, to get Smith, to acquire Smith, and, and having to give up Worley, you know, in hindsight, doesn't look like a great move because of the, the, what happened with Breland. Um, and then was it yesterday with the signing of Wright as well? These, mm-hmm. just, these aren't guys that are moving the needle for Panther fans. Although, if you look at the receiving core as a whole, I mean, they're improved from last year. Not that that was too difficult to, to do, but, um, you know, they are making some moves. They're putting some experience. They're putting some guys that, that are dependable in place. It's just not the big names. And, and I think just that whole situation alone uh, is why Panther fans are now posting a list of all the wide receivers that Cam has had to throw to in his career, which is, is a daunting list. Uh, and, and that's where they're at with that situation. So I guess my other question is that you, yes, I agree that that list is a, uh, a horror show of guys that you're like, Oh yeah, that guy. Hey, I remember Brandon LaFell. Um, but it, I'm just not sure that, they were going to go out and get a number one wide receiver. What they're doing is building depth behind a guy like Devin Funchess and Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey and these, these high end offensive pieces and filling in that secondary level of guys. Because in reality, last year, if Torrey Smith or Jarius Wright had been on the team, it, the New Orleans game would have been completely different. I would agree with that. You wouldn't have had to rely on Brenton Burson who got tripped by the carpet. In yeah. The- <laughs> he, like, I, I feel like I've made this joke every time we bring this up, but it did. It looked like he accidentally hit the dive button in Madden. <laughs> like when you do that and you're like, Oh God, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Fudge. Um, the turf yeah, monster. So it's, it's just, they're improving that part of the game and then they're improving their defensive line. One of their strengths and the rest of the, the signings are going to be guys that they can bring in and, that can that can help the team get better but not necessarily make a huge splash of like oh oh this is gonna we're gonna sell a ton of jerseys uh it's just not gonna happen but i think it's interesting that they went out and signed another wide receiver and what one of the i wanted to talk to you about this do you think that the signing of jarius wright because now you have on the team you have devin funchess tory smith jarius wright demir bird russell shepherd uh, and Curtis Samuel. That's six wide receivers. Right. They're not going to play six wide receivers at the same time. Do you think that the Panthers are worried about Curtis Samuel's injury or Demir Bird's injury for that matter and whether they're going to be able to come back and play? I think it's good. A, a, a couple things. I think there's a question on whether or not Russell Shepard will be on the team. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think there's probably some concern over, uh, over those guys and their injuries, not only the coming back from the injuries, but also staying on the field and not being re-injured or, sure. or, or having a new injury. So I think there's some concern in both those regards. Cause I think you and I are on the same page too, where they're done 
in free agency with, at the wide receiver position, but more than likely they're going to address that need in the draft. So yep. now you're looking at, at seven wide receivers. So, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I think it's two folds, but they're certainly not done at that position, um, adding and subtracting in my opinion. I just, I agree with you. I think that, uh, Russell Shepard is a placeholder right now for who, whomever they're going to be drafting in the draft. So, once they get their guy in the draft, whether it's DJ Moore, whether it's somebody further Calvin down the line Ridley. like Calvin Ridley, Naheem Hines, I don't think it's going to be Calvin Ridley. I don't like Calvin Ridley. Okay. Yeah. So, I, and I'm making all the decisions. Yeah. Um, but I think that once Shepard is gone and this new wide receiver is on the team, that's still six wide receivers. They can't put one of those guys on the practice squad because they will get snapped up. You can't put Demir Bird on the practice squad. You're also not accounting for Burson's spot too. It's a great point. That's a really good point. So at this point, like they're they're definitely that's seven wide receivers. That's too many. Uh, so I, I think that that's going to be um, something that we keep an eye on as we go into training camp and as we um, move forward towards the draft. And as we get towards the draft, we're going to have some sick draft coverage, obviously on theriotreport.com, but. Uh, we're going to do some fun stuff here on the podcast as well. Let me ask you this. Going into the draft, I mean, hopefully free agency isn't done, but you know, we talked about this with Luis a couple of weeks ago, um, and since then you know, it's kind of increased a little bit, but there's still significant holes in this team yep. that need to be filled. And, you know, of course, I don't want to raise an alarm with Panther fans, but I think anyone who's paying attention can see that, you know, there's a tight end two position, obviously a cornerback and a safety position. There's a backup quarterback position. You know, there's a back, there's a additional running back position. So, uh, guard and center. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, there, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, and there aren't a lot of players to, to be, had. to be done with, right? <laughs> like, so if they're going to, if they want to bring in an, a backup tight end, they could bring in Luke Wilson again. But um, I think that he came and left without a deal. I, I didn't hear from from anybody whether they made an offer on him, but I would assume at this point that that is not the case. They made their run at Eric Ebron. It didn't work out. There are tight ends in the draft that I think would make this team very happy. But isn't tight end one of the positions that it takes the longest to develop in the NFL? Yeah, You're not going to expect a rookie tight end to come in and be a, a major contributor. But he doesn't have to be a major contributor. He's coming in behind one of the best tight ends in the league. So if he can come in and if you don't get 16 games out of Greg Olson, or if you don't have a completely healthy Greg Olson going into the playoffs, this team's ceiling goes way down. It right. is no longer the roof. So uh, <laughs> you need Greg Olson to be healthy. And that means that maybe you can take a tight end uh, a little bit later in the draft and, and make a, a kind of a developmental attitude for him and you use a guy like Chris Manhurts or a guy like Alex Arba as a blocker which is kind of what Ed Dixon was doing right so I, I think that that's where you can fill that hole I also think they they have an eye on this running back class as well I think that uh they're this running back class is deep and it is dope and it is think of another d diggity dope. no i couldn't get there man it's cool i don't work with words for a living or anything so um i think that they are going to be getting a running back in this draft whether it's going to be in the first couple rounds whether they are using 
uh, a third round pick for somebody. Maybe they're using both third round picks on running backs. Double right. dipping. Oh, that's D's right there. Uh, and so I think that that is something that they're going to be addressing through the draft. I think what they're going to do is they're going to be addressing these positions in both free agency and the draft, right? So they're going to sign a cheap guy and then draft somebody, and then they're going to fight for anybody that they are going to sign from here on out is going to be fighting with a draft pick for their roster spot. So will the Panthers be in position to draft best player available, or will Herney's strategy be to fill these holes? I think you got to fill these holes. Right? you got to fill them holes, dog, right? You have to. Yeah, I, I don't think you can go best player available. You can't go best. You can't draft Vita Vey at 24, which mm. will... I, I will legitimately jump out this window if if, they, <laughs> if Vita Vey is there at 24 and, and they don't pick him. Uh, but it's just, I, I think that you have to fill holes. You have to have a cornerback. You have to have a safety. You have to have a defensive end. You have to have a tight end. You have to have a running back. You probably have to have a quarterback and a linebacker coming out of this draft. That's seven positions that I just named. Ooh. They only have eight picks. Hmm. So... Yipes! Yeah. Right, like uh, I, I know we are usually pretty positive on this show, but, but it is what it is. It is what it is. The Panthers have needs and they have holes, and there are not enough free agents to fill them, and they need to make some moves. They have about fifteen million dollars in cap space. I would say, if I had to guess, that they want to go into the, um, they want to go into the season with about ten million in cap space. So that way they can okay. sign guys during the season. Maybe they could roll something over. This year they rolled over about $4 million from last year. So that's still room to make some moves, right? They can sign somebody. Plus you're going you're gonna to lose Russell Shepard. That's going to create about $2 million. I think that there are still moves to be made for this Carolina Panthers team. But I don't know what they're going to be. All right. Well, thanks for that insight. Well, you know what? What do you want me to do? You want me to be specific? Because I will <laughs> if, I, if you want me to. No. Uh, no. No. Because that is what it's going to be. That's going to be our final segment, which is called. It's not what it. It's isn't. not what it's not, and maybe it should be because I don't know. Um, I think that yeah, there's just there there are issues with this team with this roster right now as it stands. But luckily, they don't have to play tomorrow. Right. So there is still time to get a lot better. So hopefully when we come back to you, uh, well, in the next week or two, we'll, be, uh, we'll have some more stories on free agency, and uh, we'll be priming it up for the draft. Zach, we didn't talk about the most important free agent signing of the offseason, we, which we're is... We're going to leave without Pep. Yeah. No, no. I mean Zach Banner, offensive tackle from the uh, <laughs> Cleveland Browns. He's big. He's a big dog. Um, uh, Vincent sent me a hilarious picture of Banner standing completely upright with his legs not bent at all and was like, this is not how you're supposed to play tackle. <laughs> um, so Julius Fraser Peppers, he's 38 years old. He's probably going to play less snaps than he did last year. Last year, he played about 50-ish percent. Right. I'd imagine he's probably going to pay about 40%, which is probably why they need to bring in a younger um, defensive end. Not, you mean in addition to Hall? I think in addition to Hall. I think I think they're going to have five guys um, that they are going to kind of rotate through. I don't know what... I, I don't know what... They have to get something out of Hall this year. He's a third-round pick. If if he comes in here and is you know on the practice squad, if he's 
flirting with uh, being on the active roster every week, that's a bad, that's, that's going to be trouble. And they are expecting him, but I still think that they need to get younger at defensive end because even with Deshaun Hall and Brian Cox Jr., Julius Peppers is still 38. He's not coming back another year. Right. I think this is kind of his last hurrah. I think he should, I think it would be fun if he announced that he was going to retire at the end of the season too. Why not? Why doesn't he do that? Do you have a good answer? No, I don't have a good answer for that. Because Thomas Davis is going to do it. Ryan Khalil is going to do it. We can make like victory lap t-shirts. Yeah. Right? Is That's Greg, a good is idea. Is Greg Olson going to do it? Oh, and go and announce in the Monday Night Football booth? Yeah. What a hilarious 10 minutes that was last week when the New York Post tweeted out that Greg Olson was auditioning for Monday Night Football and was going to retire if he got the job. <laughs> and then was that was immediately rebuffed. Uh, within about 15 minutes, immediately not the right word, but it was rebuffed, and uh, and the fact that it was it was a fun time on Twitter. That's what Twitter is all about: overreactions, a lot of reading the headlines and not the stories. And there are probably there's probably somebody out there that read that story and is like, "Oh, Greg Olson retiring. Chris Manhurts, the new tight end one for the Carolina Panthers." All right, that's your guy. I do love me some Manhurts. Zach, like a tell bank. them a little bit about where they can find you on the social medias. Sure. You can find me on the Twitter at Roaring Riot Z. You can find me at St. Louis. That's where I do most of my hanging out. You do a lot of hanging out on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you should follow at Roaring Riot Z. You should follow me at Josh Klein Rules on the tweets. You can follow us at The Riot Report. On Instagram, if you want to see a picture of Zach recording this podcast, it's on our Instagram story right now, unbeknownst to him. And if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at our Riot Report. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are glad that you joined us, and we will see you next time on the podcast.